Welcome, and thank you for listening to Optics in Action, where we showcase leaders with vision and clarity. My name is Ryan Weiss, founder and CEO of EPS. Our team is focused on enabling companies to align people and process for increased revenue, profitability, and scalable growth while reducing the frustrations of your employees and customers. If you or someone you know is interested in applying to be a guest on this podcast, you can find more information at podcast.epsoptics.com. Let's get to our next guest. All right, so welcome to another episode of Optics in Action. I'm here at the Female Integrator Mastermind this week, and we've got Angie Dianetti from Radcom, is one of the leaders who's here that I got to... We actually have met before yes, we have. and we bumped into each other and we started reconnecting and remembering some of our previous conversations. And um, so we're recording some podcasts live here at the show. And uh, and I'm just so excited that we bumped into each other and reconnected and it started talking about people and process and all these things. So uh, if you could, uh, Angie, tell, tell the audience a little bit about who you are and, and uh, what you do. Let's just start with that. Well, Angie Dianetti, my company is Radcom, and we are performance improvement consultants that grew out of the tech writing and instructional design industry. (laughs) So, yeah, I I had looked at what are the reasons people get their people trained and write standard operating procedures, and it's companies are looking to get the best out of their employees, Mm -hmm. and training and documentation can be a part of that solution yeah but it's not all of it it's not all of it and it, it yeah. doesn't solve the problem sometimes especially if you don't identify what the real root issue is sure and uh so so as you started working with clients and as this as radcom has evolved what is it that you see what pain do you solve for people today when you start thinking about the root cause and the root of these issues, what are what are some of the things you find are the most important things to focus on? So often we wanna go, the clients will come to us wanting to fix their people. Okay. Because <laughs> it's easy, it, it's an easier solution. It's a go, it's a kind of a go-to, I have a performance problem. Yeah, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Okay. And so, the go-to answer is, well, let's get them training on it. Mm-hmm. So my first question to people is, do they do it right sometimes? Mm. And if they do it right sometimes, it's not a knowledge problem. Right. They know how to do it right. So then the follow-up question to that is then, why aren't they doing it? If they know why how they to do it, it consistently right. Right. So yeah. let's go in and let's look at what the real problem is. And sometimes the problem is they don't have the right tools. Uh, Sometimes the problem is they don't, uh, sometimes it is they don't know or they haven't had enough experience and practice and competencies and all those things that we usually go to, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, Sometimes is your, your incentives are actually disincentivizing them to do the right thing. Got it. Sometimes it's the environment. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that if you change the uh, flow of your process or the 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 actual physical environment that they're in, yeah, you can solve the problem, and sometimes very inexpensively, right? 
and we found that clients don't often um, actually see those things because they're so close to it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. So, uh, if I could just for a moment, so sure. we're here in Omaha, Nebraska, and the my the book that I wrote actually the uh, from orangutan to rocket scientist. Okay, the orangutan is based on a story of a, an orangutan that lived here at the Henry Goley Zoo. Oh, cool! And and as you were talking, I started thinking about. The reason that he's in my book, there are, um, I used to have this PowerPoint slide. There's three things required to change tools, skills, and mindset. And Fu Manchu needed all three of those things when he escaped the cage. And I, and I think as you, as you were talking, you were talking about, you know, sometimes people don't have the right tools. Sometimes they don't have the right skills or competencies. And sometimes they may not have the right mindset. And the mindset may not, may be internal to the person, right? It's, they may not be motivated internally. But it may also be those incentives and things that you just talked about. So I think about those three things. And, uh, and I have to tell this story about Fu Manchu, the orangutan. <laughs> and it literally, I'm going to take my daughter there this afternoon All right. <laughs> to, uh, to see. That he needed a piece of wire that he broke off from the light to use as a lockpick to get out of the cage. Very cool. So he would hide it by his gum line. The, the zookeepers didn't realize it. He would hide it by his gum line. Wow. And that when they tranquilized him, they're like, how did he get out of the cage? And they found this little piece of wire. So he needed a tool. He, the second thing he needed was his skills, right? right. And orangutan is incredibly clever, incredibly smart. He had a tool. He had to have the skill to pick the lock. And uh, and I've told this story over and over throughout the years that he also needed the mindset. If a, if an employee is happy eating bananas and having the stuff cleaned up behind him, right? <laughs> You could give them the tools. You could teach them to be a locksmith, but they don't. You could give them keys and be a teacher, right? But, but they're, they're not, not motivated. They're to not leave. motivated. To do it. And they, sometimes it's intrinsically, sometimes it's extrinsically. But I, so I, I think as you're talking about this, this is we have very similar thoughts around that people can do amazing things, but they've got to be they've got to have be incentivized. They got to be motivated. They've yeah. got to they've got to have the right skills, tools, mindset to to do those things and then but sometimes as you said that people document these processes and sops that people don't even follow and you say they follow it sometimes but not always and it's like why right so you're you're right. you're, you're, you're peeling back the layers and say all right why aren't they why? following all that? we had a client ask us to update their sops because their people weren't following them. And I'm like, tell me, tell me more about this. How is updating it going to solve your problem? That's in, yeah. So the reason we're gonna update the SOPs is because people aren't following the ones we already created. All right? right. So so as you as you started peeling back the layers on that, what was sort of the reason that you found, or what were some reasons that people weren't following those SOPs? So we did a performance analysis. I talked them out of spending money with me for SOPs and let's do a performance analysis. And we went in and talked to the actual workers talk to their supervisors talk observe the workflow this is a manufacturing facility you know and realize that they had a tool problem um they had an environment problem and that it was extremely hot in there so people were getting dehydrated and so, so so they had tools environment um which was impacting their mindset right like, yeah, exactly. uh, process yeah. was broken partially because of the environment so the process the environment was broken 
you know, so, so, you know, if you have like a, a six stigma lean kind of thing, but if that something gets broken in that process, now you can't, fo- you can't physically follow it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So we found a lot of solutions for them that were a lot less expensive than documentation and training. And it's like, go fix these first, then we'll document it. Then you can, yeah, then we can train on it, but let's fix the process. Let's first. fix the problems first. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, and you can, I think, you know, some people like, you know, if you have a good process and a bad fit employee, it's not going to work. If you have a great employee and a bad process, it's not going to work. We got to marry those things together for to really have high productivity. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the things. I there's a quote from uh, Deming. From one of the, one of the old Deming quotes was, um, "A bad process or a bad system will beat a good person every time." Mm-hmm. And I think that story you just told about. The, and, you know, sometimes we, we can use the word sort of system or process loosely. Like if people are in an environment that's too hot and it's too, you know, it's, and they're dehydrated, they don't have access to, they, if they don't have access to those basic things that they need, then that bad system, you could hire in the most amazing employee. They could have the best resume. They could have the best, right. And you'd be like, this is culture this person's fit, a culture everything. fit. Like, yeah. We did all these things. They're a perfect fit. And yet, they quit after a week. Right. Right. And, you know, asking those questions of, right, why did they quit? Right. And yeah. why, you know, was our system so bad that it burned people out? Exactly. And sometimes as leaders of businesses, <laughs> I think we got to take a step back and look at it and say, what are we doing to create a system, a culture, a, a place for employees to thrive rather than, I've heard some excuses, right? The managers, Oh well, this new generation doesn't do this, or they they quit after a couple of days. All right. So what are we doing to solve that problem? Exactly. Does that, does that make sense? It yeah. does. It does. So so why do you do the things you do? What makes you excited about Radcom and the way you approach these problems, the way you help people solve it? Why why do you do what you do, Angie? We we have a very strong belief that everybody should love their work. And you can't love your work if you don't know what your, is expected of you. And you're in an environment that, that doesn't allow you to do your best work. But when I say I want everyone to love their work, that includes the boss, the owner of the business. Because what, as, a, as a business owner, what, what makes me love my work? I, I want to know that we're producing great results for my clients. Yeah. Right? And we're not going to produce those great results if we're not uh, getting getting supporting the employees, teach, showing them what our expectations are, uh, so we focus very much on outputs. Everybody knows what is the output you're required to produce, the quality of that output, and it, it gets rid of what I call mutual mystification of employment. Where? Hold on, wait, wait. let's back up. So mutual mystification of employment. Tell me more about what that means. So you let's say you are my boss and you have told me the expectations of my position. Okay. And I have heard what I interpret as those expectations. But often there's like this fuzzy layer between. So what you have said to me and what I have heard are not the same thing. Yeah. Even though we both look at each other and say, I get it. I can do that. Yeah. 
and it that is the most common situation you get that corporate nod you yeah, know you those, get those you know, those disconnects between, it's a yeah. disconnect so by starting out we developed something called a uh, we're currently calling it a performance profile okay that is a it's you take it's start it looks a little bit originally like the role overview looks like a job description okay but the most important part of it and what makes it different is you spell out the outputs of the job Okay. Because as an employer, I am paying you to produce a result. I'm not paying you for your time. I'm not paying you for your expertise. I'm not even paying you to churn the activities that go into a normal KPIs. Yeah. I am paying you to produce a, a result. It's a business transaction. Yeah. Not, a, yeah. And so, but that's not fair if I don't tell you what that result is. Right. So we focus on the results, focus on what the quality of the results, what is good look like. What are, what are, how do you produce, how do you produce that results? That's kind of where the mm -hmm. SOPs come mm -hmm. in. What skills and knowledge that do you need to produce that result? That's where training comes in. Yeah. Um, what relationships do you have to have to produce that result? Yeah. So, you know, we're trying, you know, human, it's people that work in those positions. Yeah. Humanize it. <laughs> That's right. It, yeah. I think, and I think as technology has been evolving, what, what role do you see technology? Like, We've got AI, you know, all of this buzz about artificial intelligence and machine learning and social media. I mean, just all of these technology things that are happening. How do we keep that human element in people's work? Like, what what are you doing, or what do you what are your thoughts on how do we keep things keep human? Yeah, I because at the end of the day, it, to me, it only matters if we can impact humans in a positive it, way. Right. I don't, that, that I don't want to feed the uh, feed the AI beast. Right. Like, right. I, 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 As you said, what, what motivates <laughs> me is I want people yeah. to love their work. Yeah. But all those technology, it's all tools. Yeah. The tools change. Humanity really doesn't change that much. The tools we use that change. Yeah. You know, um, transportation. You know, we used to use our feet and 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 carts and horses and buggies and and that and then cars and all those things. But the reality is, that those are tools to get people from point A to point B. And do we get the do the tools evolve and get better, faster? But it's still human beings that use them. Right. I, I know there's a lot of people in our professions close enough that are yeah. very worried about AI. Yeah. And, but I also remember at, at a society for technical communications conference, probably 20 years ago, people were afraid of content management hmm. because it's going to take our jobs away. It's going to change how we write it. It impacted the field. There is no doubt AI will impact the field. Yeah. It'll impact a lot of people's fields, but, it's still serving humans and it's a tool used by humans. So might it eliminate your job as you see it today? Maybe. Yeah. But Look, is the but, industrial revolution and automation of equipment changed the jobs of manufacturing. But, but it, it will also create yeah. new different jobs. Yeah. And that's I think I'm not afraid of those kinds of things. Yeah. I just well, yeah, looking at being open-minded and looking for how do I use these new tools to right. to serve my clients? Yeah. So what what's the what's the future of Radcom look like? What do you envision for the future? What is it? What does it look like? How do you continue taking care of your employees, your team, your clients? What's what's next? 
Um, so we are working on, on developing the, the intellectual property around our performance profile and kind of taking the, uh, the, the, the human performance technology field and modernizing it and getting it out to the masses. You know, I, I want to, I have typically worked for very large companies in, in my career and I want to be able to bring it down to smaller companies and impact more and more people, both the business owners and the, and, and their workforce. That's interesting. Yeah. Fantastic. So how do, how do people find out about you? How do they reach out to you if they want to, uh, if they want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about what Radcom does and how they might be able to benefit, benefit. from working with you? How do they reach out to you, sure. Angie? So um, easy way is LinkedIn, AD and Eddie on LinkedIn. Um, my company website is uh, www. I guess you don't have to say www anymore, do you? Rad, it shows my age. <laughs> Radcomservices.com, R-A-D-C-O-M-S-E-R-V-I-C-E-S, really right. long, yeah. .com, um, yeah, is, is our website. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Angie. It was, it was great mm -hmm. running into you. I know we've met on Zoom in the past and, and chatted. I know, in person. It's so nice, in, especially in after person, COVID, isn't it? Uh, exactly. So, <laughs> All right, so it's Angie Dianetti and it's radcomservices.com. Yep. And so if folks are interested in reaching out to you, they can get a hold of you. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Oh, and, thank uh, you so much. We'll get this we'll get this all uh, sent out to the audience and I'm sure they're going to learn some things from I, I love the passion that you have for not just process, it's about how do we impact people through process and I think that's that's really powerful. So thank you for being on the, the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. <laughs>